Blog Talk Radio. Black Hole Radio presents Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. With your hosts, Rudolph Muhammad and Yusuf Muhammad. There's a train of coming. You don't need no baggage. You just get on board. All you need is faith to hear the dealers coming. Don't need no ticket. You just thank the Lord. Train to Jordan Picking up passengers Coast to coast Faith is the key Over the doors and bottom What's up? Buenos dias. These are some of the greetings that are used by our family all over the planet. Now, if I did not greet you in the way that you're used to being greeted because of your culture, custom, and tradition, then contact us at Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness and let us know so that next week, if it be the will of God, I can use your particular greeting that makes you warm and fuzzy and makes you know that you are welcome and you are a part of this family. Beginning all things in the name of the one God, we thank him for another expression of his kindness in that he has allowed us to see another day in his glorious creation called universe. It's not by any goodness of our own that we're here. If you hear me talking today and if you're on and going to talk, 
Know for certainty it's nothing that you or I have done that has caused that. That is by the grace and mercy of the all-wise creator of humanity, responsible for all that was, is, and will be. That magnanimous, omnipresent, omnipotent, all-seeing, ever-present, all-seeing, smart one who is too wise to make a mistake and too merciful to be unjust. And so we thank him for all that we have experienced, whether we thought it was bad or not. There really is no bad. It's all good. It all depends on how you look at it. We, I want to take this time right now to thank our engineers, our engineering staff, for the forest, his wife, his children, Brother Jason, whoever may be sitting at the board right now that has us online and going to keep us online, we pray, to get this information to you for the next just shy of two hours. My co-host is not with me today, and so I feel like I'm driving without a spare tire. I'm I'm flying a plane solo without a navigator. But all praises due to Allah, God is with me, his Christ is with me, and his apostle is with me, I pray. And because of that, we're going to make this thing do what it do. And then we thank each of you tuned in right now who are going to tune in and who may listen to the archive. We thank you for the time that you spend. We thank you for the patience that you exhibit with us. And we thank you for even giving us a consideration because there are many other things you could be doing. So thank you, thank you, thank you. This is Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. It's not quite as sexy as some of the other shows that are on, but it's equally as relevant. We are here designed to enlighten, educate you, the listener, so that you leave us, then you came to us. Something that we say will help get you one step closer to being prepared. And you say prepared for what? Whatever. Prepared for whatever. Because that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to just get you to think outside of the box the way that you were trained to think so that you can understand that whether it's a natural disaster, whether it's a man-made disaster, or whether it's a technological disaster, It doesn't matter which one it is. What matters is how you respond to it. So we'll give you mitigation uh, tips or we'll give you ideas, thoughts, exercises, and skills that if you practice them, rehearse them, and put them into play, it may lessen the blow when the incident or situation is upon you But make no mistake about it, win, lose, or draw, live or die, 
it's only because of the will and pleasure of Almighty God Allah. And so I'm going to stop that right here because I know that we have a caller on the line whose time is very precious, and I don't want to keep him tied up. So let us bring our brother Calvin Muhammad on so that we can talk about the national training event that's coming up in a couple of days. Brother Calvin? Yes, sir. My brother, can you hear me? Yes, sir. I hear you, sir, loud and clear. All praises due to Allah. Assalamu alaikum, my brother. Wa alaikum salam. It's wonderful to hear your voice. And finally, we get a chance to connect. <laughs> we, we've been playing Indeed. cat and mouse with scheduling, but <laughs> this is the time we were meant to connect. So we're going to be obedient and show that we're grateful to the God for giving us this time, and we're not going to waste it. Brother, tell us what is about to happen in the yes, state sir. of Wisconsin in a few days. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. First and foremost, of course, I, I have to echo everything you said, and I want to uh, congratulate and, and thank Allah for you and your team because you all do a great job in bringing a much-needed knowledge and awareness to the community that is truly life-saving. So we appreciate you, my brother, and everything you. that you and your team are doing. And so we have here coming up, uh, it's hard for me, pardon me, it's hard for me to uh, control my excitement uh, during this time of the year. Uh, it's almost like Savior's Day, uh, but, but intensive yes, training, sir. intensive training for right. uh, that time. And so what's been happening, and we are on the 27th year of the National Training Conference, and I have to explain what that is for people to understand and know what it is. In 1996, we hosted, of course, and I say we, but primarily I'm going to shine the light under the inspiration of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan by the permission of the God. Of course, those of you all who know the National Trainer of the Nation of Islam, Grandmaster Abdulaziz Muhammad, some know him as Grandmaster Anthony Muhammad, some just know him as Jim. He That's has right. been our national trainer and the student assistant supreme captain of the Nation of Islam, and he was encouraged and inspired by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. As a matter of fact, that was the sole reason why he transplanted from New York to Chicago to establish right. a training that can go nationwide. And so in 1996, we held our first conference, and the sole purpose of this training, and of course, of course, I'm sure you have been around for a long time, a while within the ranks. Uh, you might be able to remember a time that if you were in New York uh, versus California, you might receive a different type of training within the Nation of Islam. Or if you were in, say, Minnesota versus Chicago, there was a different type of training. So initially, yes, the purpose yes, was to streamline and unify the training of the Nation of Islam to be the most effective and to be the most cohesive. So it started in 1996 primarily with the hand group of officers. Uh, but through Allah's grace and permission, uh, that training has been absolutely consistent and has built uh, different departments and aspects in regard to the training. One of them, of course, is disaster awareness and preparedness. Uh, we have medical training. Of course, we have 
spiritual warfare training we had to incorporate in there as well, but we have dignitary protection, we have motorcade training, hotel training, and just general training on conflict resolution and community engagement. It has gotten so broad that we have to have departments uh, within the national training. With that being said, this being the tw- I have to I have to also uh, put in there that in 2014, because the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is a staple of the national training and a frequent right. keynote uh, address and speaker. In 2014, right. prior to the year 2015, while we were preparing. For 10, 10, 15, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan at the national training gave the direction and the further inspiration to our student supreme captain and our national trainer that this information needs to go out in the community. And he urged everyone who had some type of training, but he wanted to use the national training as a platform not only to train us on the basic tactics, maneuvers, protocols, and different policies within the Nation of Islam, but to offer life-saving training to the extended Nation of Islam, the extended community of our beloved brothers and sisters in the street. And so this year is going to be the largest national training that we have had so far in the history of the 27 years of the national training, and it will be hosted in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. i got to give a shout-out. That's my hometown, Uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, (laughs) (laughs) July 28th through the 31st at the Wisconsin Senate. And I'm telling you, brother, the buzz is moving. The people are responding. We already have record-breaking numbers of people from within the Nation of Islam and the community that are coming to attend this training, my brother. Praise you to Allah. So now, now let, 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 let me, I'm not going to be the devil's advocate. I'm going to be the God's advocate. Okay. That's all you can do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. So let me ask this. So, brother, all right, so if a, a person is going to show up there, um, now there are many different days. Can you tell us some of what's going to go on each given day? Yes, sir. And, and what I'd like to do, uh, there's still a major misconception about the National Training Conference. Uh, one of the major misconceptions is that it's only for martial arts. Uh, and the actual right. fact of the national training is that the most of the training takes place off the mat in workshop-type settings, very interactive workshops. So if you you plan on attending the national training conference, uh, we, we open the conference. We, we, we have people arriving as early as that Thursday. We have a general meet and greet. But on Friday... Friday morning at 9 a.m., we start the actual workshops for the national training. And so what happens when, the, when, we, when we open up the national training? Of course, we open up in prayer. Then we go right into our workshops. And I have to say that we don't just have somebody up there winging it when it comes to our workshop. We get the best That's of the right. best, creme yeah, de la creme, subject matter experts in their particular field. And so what we're going to be having uh, starting on Friday, and uh, Friday the entire day from pretty much 9 to 5 is going to be classroom and workshop-style settings. And so we're going to have mental health professionals uh, that are there, Mm -hmm. certified doctors that are there. The mental health professionals will be dealing with certain things, and there will be an overall topic and discussion 
on struggling for ballots. And I've heard that our beloved brother, Nuri, student minister, Nuri Muhammad, is going to be instrumental in that discussion. We have uh, doctors that are showing up. We have Chicago's own uh, Dr. Patrice Muhammad, who's going to, one, give us some wellness training and advice on keeping your uh, your body alive and in perfect health, but also going to give dietary-type advice for those who are in a wartime or a disaster situation, what you could do to best care for your body when you don't have access to the food that you used to have access to. We're going yeah. to have attorneys there. Uh, there's an attorney that's going to be there, and uh, some might say, well, what, well why, why would you have an attorney there giving financial literacy advice? Well, we know that one of the best ways to move from living into a survival mode is to have something happen to your finances. And so uh, they're going to be giving us advice on how to properly take care of our finance, but most importantly, something that our community is plagued with, how to set things up when you are no longer here so that your family can just grieve and not have to worry about finances and how they're going to properly uh, bury you. And so they're going to be giving that advice on estate planning, financial literally, and how to take care of the things that you should take care of. We're going to have community engagement along with conflict resolution, which those things go hand in hand, teaching us the best practices that we need to do as we go into the community. And i got to give a shout-out to my beloved brother, Brother uh, Celeritus Muhammad, who, of course, uh, you all see by uh, the uh, National Assistant Student Minister Ishmael Muhammad's side all the time. He is constant in giving what is called a dignitary protection workshop, but he has been so creative that he has fine-tuned that presentation so it doesn't just pertain to a minister or a VIP, but he teaches it now from the perspective that your first dignitary is your family. And so he teaches you how to put together safeguards to protect the, the dignitaries that you are around all day, the dignitaries that in some regard mean the absolute most to you on how to protect your family and extend that to how to protect principals. We're going to yes, have sir. all types of training, motorcade training, and these workshops will start on, on Friday, and we're going to go until about 5, and then at 6 we're going to do the martial arts open. And then we're going to start again with a little bit more theory and practice on Saturday morning, and that's where we'll have our particular breakouts for the smaller children, for the women, but we'll also have workshops in place, wellness workshops. We'll have specific training workshops in place on Saturday and then go from the practical into some of the theory on some of the workshop topics that we had that Friday, and then culminating at about noon, we'll have masters from all across the globe. Some of the best world-renowned masters will be spending personal and private time with each and every person at the seminar to make sure that with the time that they have, that they can give you and I the best practices and some survival strategies just in case we might need it. And then it's going to culminate on Saturday evening. I can't even call this a banquet, brother. It's going to be a gala, a celebration. We're going to have an award ceremony along with some of the nation's finest entertainers. 
Uh, they're going to be there, and uh, you just do not want to miss that banquet portion as well. And then Sunday, for those who are deep into martial arts and have that competitive spirit, or you just want to uh, go ahead and take a look at what we have to offer when it's in action, we're going to have the scimitar open where the martial artists get a chance to display their techniques and mix it up, and we'll be, we'll, of course, you'll get a chance to see who's going to come out top during the scimitar open. So that's a bird's-eye view of the entire four-day conference, my brother. Yes. Now, how does someone um, register or find out more information? Where can they go? Who do they contact? Oh, that's that's an excellent question. Well, the primary way that you can register, uh, you can go to our website, which is www.the V-S-K Jiu-Jitsu, and Jiu-Jitsu is spelled J-I-U-J-I-T-S-U. So Jiu-Jitsu.com, that is www.thevskjujitsu.com. You can register right online on our website. If you you have a struggle with that, go to Facebook and find uh, Grandmaster Anthony Muhammad on Facebook, and we have links embedded right there in his feed. You can click right there on the feed and go directly uh, to the website, and you can register there. Excellent, excellent. Um, well, well, you've explained that so well, but I don't even have any questions at this point. Praise <laughs> <laughs> so, to Allah. Do you have anything else that you want to add? Any closing remarks or? Yes, sir. I, I just have two. Yes, points. yes, sir. Yes, sir. And and I'll be brief. Uh, and I'm and I want to speak from the heart to all yes, of our brothers and our sisters out there, our entire community. You know, there is so much going on in the world that there is no safe place. There's right. no place you can let down your guard and be comfortable. You, there was a time where you used to be able to send your children to school, and you felt like they were good until they get out of school. Well, that safety and security blanket has been taken away. There were times when people felt comfortable going to uh, their places of worship, and that, again, is one of the seminars that we have taking place, How to Protect Your Place of Worship. There was a time where you can go uh, to those uh, to those venues and you will feel safe, but that safety blanket and that security has been taking place. But, brother, there was a time when you could just go to the grocery store, and you never anticipated right. that going in and out of the grocery store would be a life-making or life-altering decision. That safety blanket is, is being taken care of. Even in the comfort of your home with the rise of what we call home invasions, that safety and security is taking place. Now, the question is, or the observation that we're seeing is that if you Google survival tactics and survival seminars, there are thousands of them taking place each and every year all over this country, but not one of them are specifically geared toward our community with the skill sets that we need, with the entire skill sets that we need. You have people who would teach gun training. You have people who would teach a, a, a few martial arts here and there, but nobody is offering a holistic type of training so that we can 
put back into our hands a degree with the permission of Allah of safety and security. The Nation of Islam is answering that call with the national training, and I'm going to leave with this quote that I got from our beloved brother, one of the the masters inside of the Nation of Islam, C. Joe Steve Muhammad, who currently resides in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, the president of the Black Karate Federation, said at a national training, he said, in a crisis situation, the only thing that you have to fall back on is what you have trained for. And if you have not trained for you have nothing to fall back on. And so I'll leave wow. you with those words, my brother. Wow. Thank you so much for having us on. Uh, thank you, Brother Calvin. We appreciate it. And I look forward to seeing you in a couple of days. Inshallah. Yes, sir. Inshallah. We look forward to seeing I look forward to hugging you, brother, and I appreciate yes, what you're doing. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I appreciate you. Walaikum salam. Woo. All right, family. So you heard it. You heard it live right here on Disaster Awareness for Community. Pre- Wait a minute. What's the name of our show? Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. Because before you can prepare, you must be aware. And so Brother Calvin made us aware of some of the things that are going on all around this country that may ill affect you or I at any given time, whether you're shopping in the supermarket, whether your children are in school, whether you're in what you think is the comfort of your own home. Well, what about out in the street, road rage, uh, walking in the street, uh, in your house of worship, you know, it can pop off anywhere. And the question is, what are you going to do? And like he said, that quote, the only thing you have to rely on is what you've trained for. And, and you know, this is a rhetorical question, um, you know, and we ask it all the time in disaster situations, are you ready? Dot, 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 question mark. And that dot, dot, dot can be anything. So the question is, only you and Almighty God know, are you ready? So, again, just remember, go to www.thevskjujitsu.com or go to Facebook, Grandmaster Anthony Muhammad, and there'll be tabs that can take you there so that you can register, get more information about it. But July 28th through the 31st, all roads lead to Wisconsin. That's where it's at. That's where everything is going to be. Be there, like they used to say, or be square. Yes. You are you are listening to Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. Call us at 563-999-3089. Press the number 1 in order to speak live. Ask a question, make a comment, whatever. Join this discussion. Don't make this a monologue with just Brother Rudolph. Let's have a discussion, family. So call in from wherever you are from your cell phone. Call in. And, you know, let, let, let's hear what you have to say. 
Let's hear what, what, what you have, what jewels of wisdom you have for the human family, because that's what this is about. This is about us educating, enlightening, and inspiring the human family so that we can do the best that we can for ourselves, our families, our community, and our nation. Yes. Wow. Okay. Oh, Sister Ajuba. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. The dates are July 28th through July 31st. July 28th through July 31st in Wisconsin. All right. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Let's see what else. What else? do we have here okay all right we have um a bunch of other people that are scheduled to call in and when they do then we'll move forward into those portions of the program but let me read something right now um that may be uh a little um it may be very on point here we go There is no such thing as law and order. The law is disregarded as though it were thrown in the jungles to be carried out by savage beasts, murdering, killing, robbery, raping, and drug addiction are the only law and order that is respected. It has become such a country that the civilized man of intelligence and decency is afraid to walk the streets of the vast towns and cities of America. He would be more secure in the jungles around and in the midst of wild beasts than to be walking in the streets of these great cities in America after night. Groups of robbers and murderers Killers and dope addicts are prowling the streets after night to exact their evil intentions upon the innocent. This is a mob of savages that the intelligent and decent woman, man and woman should not dare venture out among. And if we see such women walking around, they are part of this savage comes from page 99, chapter 22 savagery of america in the great 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 book the fall of america by the most honorable elijah muhammad Mm. yeah so that's one publication that if you don't have it you need to get it and just start it at page one starting at page one is very easy reading the phone number again for disaster awareness for community preparedness is area code 563-999-3089. And then press the number one, 563-999-3089. Listen, if you watch the news at any given point during the day, which my wife and I, we watch it together, very early in the morning and before we go to bed at night, just to be aware, be in tune, to be informed of what's going on around us. We're not 
inundating ourselves with watching every news program every hour of the day? No, I'm not going to do that. Why depress yourself with that? Why put yourself in that kind of position? But you need to watch it so that you can stay up to date and informed on what's going on around you. But if you're watching it, then you'll know that every day someone is being besieged upon by either someone from road with an issue of road rage or a home invasion or a robbery or just some, as they say, some crazy person that just snaps and just goes off and just starts killing up a bunch of people. Yeah, no, yeah, it, it, it's not quite that simple, uh, but that's the way the news will have it. And, you know, and it's always amazing to me, um, as I watch these news stories, I, we analyze them so we can get the slants that's on them. Because when you list, close your eyes and listen to a news story, there used to be a time when you could tell, um, yeah, you know, uh yeah, that's not us. Yeah, no, that's them. That's not us. But nowadays, you can't really tell. You can't really tell. But whenever it is someone other than a member of our family that's involved in it, they look for every excuse, every reason, every justification as to why this person is not guilty before the facts are even in, but when it's a member of our family is guilty until proven innocent. But, you know, that's life in America. So, again, 563-999-3089. Call in and let's discuss. What's going on? So we are past the first half hour here on Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. Let's talk about COVID. Let's talk about COVID. All right. Um, listening, trying to – okay. Well, Brother Calvin Muhammad just uh, spoke about national training, and he welcomed everyone to come into the great state of Wisconsin. He said he was anxiously awaiting everyone to get there. The buzz is out there. They have uh, a, a a itinerary chock full of events. And what he said was that people were thinking of national training as a martial arts um, event, when in reality, martial arts is a very small part of what's taking place for this training for this weekend. There are various breakout sessions and workshops. Um, Different subjects and topics will be taught, explored, discussed, and developed. Some of them being, there's an attorney speaking on financial literacy. There are medical doctors speaking on health and wellness. There are mental health experts that are going to come in to talk about the psychological uh, condition or state of affairs of the people in the world today. Um, 
there's going to be sessions for conflict resolution. Um, Of course, the disaster preparedness workshop is going to take place. Sister Captain Christina Muhammad from the South Best region and her husband, the great brother, Lieutenant Reginald Muhammad, student Lieutenant Reginald Muhammad, who is a genius at the special effects and setting the stage for the visual um, uh, uh, in Hollywood, they would say cinematography. But since we're not in Hollywood, I guess it's not cinematography, but the visual effects that he comes up with, um, he's a genius in his own right. And if he were not black, he would be courted by one of these movie studios to work in their industry in Hollywood. But he's ours. So, and, and that's not a slight. I'm just saying he's ours. And so he's working with us at home where he can feel comfortable with his own people. So they will be there along with the 10,000 fearless and we have prepared for those who are going to attend the Disaster Preparedness Workshop a tantaling array of delicacies, a cornucopia of things to um, um, entice the uh, attitude, the aptitude, and the altitude of your mind's eye. So, yeah, just be ready. Be ready. Brace yourself. Stand by for heavy rolls, as they used to say in the Navy, um, because, yeah, it, 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 it's going to get quite chaotic in that disaster awareness workshop. I'm giving you a heads up right now, not for the faint of heart, but you should be there. You need to be there because it's a controlled environment, and we're going to take you to the height and then bring you back down to reality. And after it's done, when you leave, you will definitely be leaving wanting more. I can guarantee it. Okay? Uh, so that's just my little plug for, for you, Sister Captain Christina, Brother Lieutenant Reginald, and for the 10,000 Fearless and the Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness entourage that will be there to assist in whatever way we can. All right. So that's that. Now, let's talk about COVID-19. COVID is still alive and well, family. Don't get comfortable. We came out of a two-year lockdown. Don't get comfortable. I know everybody wants to take the mask off and breathe, yearning to breathe free at your, do it at your own risk. Yeah, that was a song when I was coming up. Uh, And I wish, you know, my co-host was here because you know how we do. We like to talk about the soundtrack of our lives. But you know, if he were here, I could hear him right now saying, at your own risk, I'm telling you. Yeah, that's what it is, at your own risk. Yes, I do want to talk with a recent COVID survivor who did the nation's protocol. Yes, we are going to have one on the line very soon so that you can know. Listen, COVID is what it is. The Honorable Mr. Lewis, 
Farrakhan said this is a pestilence from God. But it's okay because God's man is here and he's with us. So why should you fear about whatever is going on out there if you listen, you focus, and you are obedient to the word of God coming through his apostle? What do you have to fear? So they tell you that you have COVID, so you're in the right place because we have the remedies. Boy, notice I did not say treatment. Ha-ha, you can't get me on that, devil. I know you're listening. You can't get me on that because I didn't say a cure. I said we have remedies. We have treatments for the infection, the viral infection, the situation, the illness. We have protocols that if you follow them along, of course, everything with the will and pleasure of Almighty God, you can be nursed back to health, and you can go on with your life. Now, everybody wants it to go back to the days of yay and nay. I don't. I don't. I hope we never go back to the way it was before COVID-19. I hope we never go back to that madness. And anybody that wants to return to that madness, you need to seek out a mental health worker and get you an evaluation and a treatment because something is wrong with you. If you think that those were the good old days, you have misread the signs of heaven. And, again, that's just Brother Rudolph's perspective. Your perspective may be different, and I You know, we can sit down and we can talk about it. I don't have to agree with you, but I will defend your right to say whatever it is you want to say because this is America. So now let's get back to talking about COVID, okay? Um, So there are new strands coming about. Now here's the thing. Remember this. They pushed and pushed and pushed for these vaccines. They went as far as to mandate them for people working in certain industries. And if you did not take their poison cocktail, they fired you no matter how long you were there, only to find out later on that they were wrong. So where is the restitution for the people that, the government of this country, the elected officials of this country, the clergy of this country, the affluent uh, 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 um, sports figures and actors and musicians of this country, those people who urge, prodded, uh, uh, um Um, demoralized on those who didn't want to do it and all but um, um, coerced people to take those poisonous cocktails. And now I don't care if you got two vaccines and four boosters, you still got COVID. The president of the United States has COVID. Dr. Fauci just had COVID. And no telling who else has COVID because, of course, they're not, testing as aggressively as they used to, and the numbers are not being reported like they used to, but 
you can just use the God-given common sense that you have to know that if you are double vaccinated and quadruple boosted and you can still come down with COVID, then the shots weren't worth, um, what's a nice way to say this, a tinker's dam. Yes, yes, that's a nice way to say it. Um, Go back. If you've never listened to it, never watched it, never heard it, go get the July 4th message from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and listen to what he said in the garden and compare what he said then to what is going on now. And then you decide for yourself who you want to listen to. As as in the story of the crucifixion, do you want Barabbas or do you want Jesus? You make the call. You choose. All right. All right. I'm going to, I'm not going to beat that dead horse anymore. COVID is alive and well. Keep washing your hands. Keep your distance. Keep wearing your mask. Don't get into a false sense of security because they say, the vaccine and the boosters and all the new boosters and the booster for the booster and the booster for the booster for the booster for the booster booster that you got boosted for, all of that, yeah, all all of that means nothing. Um, This virus is still out here, so continue with your protocol. Get your vitamin C. Get your D3, all right? Get your Quiricin, all right? Uh, uh, Get your zinc. Most of all, get that all-natural sunshine that helps to synthesize the chemicals, the melanin in your system, and helps it all to tie itself together and work on your behalf to help boost your immune system. Eat good food. Drink clean water. Um, fasting is prescribed for you as it was prescribed for those before you. Surely fasting keeps one away from indecencies. Fasting also helps to cleanse the blood. It helps to rest the digestive system, and it gives the body time to eliminate some of the toxins that have been built up from the meals prior. Fasting is definitely, yes, I'm ready. I am ready. We can do this right now. Whenever you are ready, Brother Engineer. Salam <laughs> alaikum, Brother. Wa alaikum salam. To the listening audience here, our engineer, Brother Forrest Muhammad, just came into the chat with us, and so we're going to talk to Brother Forrest. Yes, sir, Brother Forrest, how are you doing uh, today, brother? I'm alive on arrival, brother. Thank all praises due to Allah. I hope everybody got their pen and paper because I'm going to talk about my battle with COVID over the last 14 days. I have my wonderful wife, Yvette Muhammad, on the line with us also. Yvette? Oh, he has his nerve. Yeah. 
I would I would I would say my my paramedic brother. She might be beyond a little bit beyond a nurse. Um, <laughs> you so I want to give I, I want to give the whole brother background, Farm. brother Rudolph, real quick. What? Yes, sir. Hold on one second. You can't bully yeah. me on my show, brother. You can't do that to me, I'm brother. Not this is my show. I'm not bullying I'm not you on your brother. show, brother. I'm talking to my sister right now, Sister Yvette. How's, how's yes, your day sir. going, sis? Oh, it's wonderful, sir. I'm alive. <laughs> it was all, it's all, it's all up yeah. to me. Yes, sir. Yeah, he tried to bully me, so I can't talk to my sister. <laughs> you know, I mean, go, you know, imagine that. <laughs> brother, I know where you're from. For the you family that's listening. I, 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 I'm not letting you go too far now. <laughs> For the family that's listening, this is my brother, so don't take this any other way, and this is my brother's wife. But more than that, we go back, uh, we go back like Cadillac seats. We've been through <laughs> some things, and yes, this is indeed. the love that we have for each other and for each other's family. So when you hear us talk joking like this, we can do that because there's genuine love between us. So yes, you know, yes, I just want to put that out there for the listening family. <laughs> yes, sir. We're all family. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's get into this, brother. Let's talk because yes. All right, you so, were so diagnosed I, with I am, COVID. Right, but I want to get the whole background, brother Rudolph. I want to get people yes, the sir. whole background because I want. I'm here to bear witness that the nation, Minister Farrakhan, and the nation's protocol for COVID works. I'm yes, 61 sir. years old. Yes. I have congenital heart failure, borderline diabetic, and I'm overweight. And for the last two and a half years, I've been avoiding COVID with with great grace. And success, but 14 days ago, I caught COVID here in New York City. Um, when I first got it, I'm going to turn over to Yvette because um, she's going to talk, walk you through the whole protocols that she and Sister, help me, help me out, honey, Sister Rhonda. Sister Rashawn, Sister Rashawn here, nurse, Sister nurse Rash- practitioner here in New York City. Yes, Sister, Sister Rashawn, please forgive me, blame it on my head, not my heart, because Sister definitely pulled me through the the dark moments of COVID and gave my wife the, the, the formula because I want to tell everybody you, I want to tell everybody on the, on the line what it's now. If you don't have a, uh, uh, a doctor that you deal with on a regular basis, please go find one. I'm not talking about a witch doctor. I'm not talking about a naturopath. I'm talking about a registered MD in your state that can, that will work with you because the protocol that the nation has does require a prescription from a doctor or a nurse practitioner, but you've got to have somebody that you can call and say, this is what my problem is, this is how I want to attack it, and they're going to be in agreement with you and help you get through it. So, honey, tell them, tell them what happened day one and a half, I guess it is. That's when we start talking to the sister. Um, yes, sir. Okay, so... Um, sister... You know, in, in conjunction with information we had gotten previously earlier, uh, basically last year, from the nation um, research uh, department, uh, we had got information about medication and supplements, vitamins that we could take to combat COVID if we, you know, if we became infected. Um, so the first thing was to get uh, and procure was ivermectin. 
right. that is that is a meditation. Um, for my husband, it wanted to be a five-day regimen. I'm not sure if it's like that for everyone. I think it depends on their status as far as like weight, whatever their um, health issues may be, you know, what they pre- um, uh but, you know, it depends. It's an individual thing as far as how much you know, what the dose is going to be and probably how long it'll take it. For my husband, um, it was 30 milligrams for five days of ivermectin. Along with that, um, the supplements and vitamins he, Sister Rashawn, said that he should take would be vitamin C, uh, NAC. See, you have to look up. I don't know exactly how to pronounce it. Yeah. Yes, but it's uh, the, the letters are N as in Nancy, A as in Apple, C as in Cat, uh, NAC. Um, that's also another one of the supplements which she uh, advised him to take. Um, a teaspoon of black seed oil twice a day. Also, also, I'm sorry, let me go back. The vitamin C was 500 milligrams twice a day. The NAC was 600 milligrams twice a day. And um, the teaspoon of black seed oil was twice a day as well. Um, as Brother Rudolph mentioned earlier, quercetin, 250 milligrams per day, vitamin D, 500, 500 inter- international units, 500 IUs per day. I'm sorry, not 500, 5,000, sorry. Vitamin D3, 5,000 IUs, which are international units per day. And zinc, 50 milligrams per day. Now, um, Sister LaShawn uh, said that he should take these supplements for at least 10 days, up to 14. Um, beyond the 14, then you step it down. You don't take as much. Uh, you would take probably all the supplements, you know, um, once a day. Instead of the twice-a-day regimen for the three of them, you take everything once a day. The vitamin D, if you go outside and you're getting vitamin D, maybe 20 minutes, you can sit in the sun, and you're getting vitamin D from natural in the sun for 20 minutes per day, then um, you only need to take it like once a day. Once a week, I'm sorry, one, vitamin D, vitamin, vitamin C, you would take once a day because you're getting your vitamin C from the sun, going out and sitting outside in the beautiful sunshine that God blesses us with, and, and you sit outside for 20 minutes per day, you only need vitamin C once a week to maintain your immune system and to um, continue your, your recovery from COVID after the 14-day regimen. Okay, I think I'm done. <laughs> Yes, sir. No, well, uh, well, honey, I want to let's go back and talk mm-hmm. about the um, the prescription of epinephrine, and that is the reason why you need an MD or a nurse practitioner. She had to, my wife had to send her all the information about the medications that I currently take to prevent my heart from stopping, and the particular right, so kind of heart condition mm-hmm. I have, and my weight. Right. So she it took her about three hours to analyze everything and come up with the fact that 30 milligrams would, would work for me and not put me in danger but keep, and also keep me out of danger. The reason I had right. my wife come on to my first three days of COVID, I was out of it. Brain fog. I was um, super, super, super exhausted. Um, and all that, those numbers my wife just gave you, I don't remember any of them. <laughs> Besides the fact that I can go look at the bottle and read it now. Uh, it's very serious when it happens to you. I'm blessed. I have a, a marriage to a wonderful MGT. Uh, for the brothers out there who are single and listening, uh, hint, hint, uh, go find an MGT. Uh, right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> okay. But however, yeah, let's make the that, program let's make work. That, uh, <laughs> yeah. Wait. 
Right. And then also I want to add in, in the first five days of you being diagnosed with COVID, there is a shot that you need that comes from your doctor, and that is the mild chronicle. What is it? Mon- Monoclonal antibody. Right. right. It is right. a it's a hundred percent natural. Listening. I'm sorry, yes. for everybody is listening. Wait, wait, understand on. the history of this. The monoclonal antibodies were not developed by Dr. Fauci and the medical practices of this. These were developed by our Cuban brothers. Uh, okay, over the years. So right. these are to be trusted because we know where they came from and where the science of it came from. I just wanted to interject that. And, brother, yes, I deeply appreciate it. There's two, there are two different uh, antibody, natural antibody shots that you can take. What was the other one, Yvette? Uh, the other I, one I, I know, know brother, knows. it's, um, oh, it's right now. Monoclonal and another one is uh, rep. It started with an E, um, was it EP? Uh, Rem, Rem, please Rem, forgive Rem, us all. Rem, Rem, it starts with an R. Remsevir. Yes, that's the other antibody uh, treatment. Remsevir right. and the um, Remsevir so is a three-day my, treatment. Remsevir right, is a three-day right, treatment. Right, that's right. One, right. It's a one-time shot that you take. But uh, all of it has to be done within the first five days of you being diagnosed with COVID. I was happy that I was able to get the one-time shot, but I'm also happy that I had a relationship with my doctor, that I could call my doctor, explain what I wanted to do, how I was approaching my um, bout with COVID on a nat- from a natural side and not from being hospitalized. And my doctor agreed, and within two hours, they had my appointment for me to come get the shot. So I had my wife drove me out to Brooklyn. I went to Brooklyn to uh, New York Presbyterian Hospital because that's the only place they had an appointment for that day. Got the shot. The shot took me out for a little while, though. It, it will wipe you out because all the antibodies, I guess, begin to fight COVID, and there's a battle going on in your body. So I was exhausted for about four hours. I just couldn't do anything. So the, all these things I'm sharing with you is to say that, one, the protocol works. Two, get yourself a primary care physician, and when you when you meet with your primary care when you meet with your physicians, remember nobody knows your body better than you do. That's number one, and number two, right. remember what you want. Even, even though they got eighteen degrees on their walls, don't be intimidated by that. Because to be honest, my brother, the pharmaceutical rep, and they depend on the pharmaceutical reps to tell them how this new medicine that they got coming out every five days they got something new for them. They can't keep up. So you have to have you have to sit down with your doctor and say, listen, if this is your first time meeting, you're going to spend a half an hour just telling them your philosophy. That's what I had to do with my doctor. I had to tell them my philosophy, my approach to the problems that I have and why I'm doing what I'm doing and why I'm going to continue to do what I'm doing regardless of their recommendations. And so, you know, some doctors have a problem with that, some don't. You keep finding a doctor that doesn't have a problem with that, and that's the one you stick with because when I made that phone call, for that antibody shot, it was no argument because they already knew we're not arguing with Forrest on this one because Forrest already explained to us five years ago that this is what he was going to do. He, he, he's more from a natural side or natural approach to healing his body. And 
I always tell them this, Brother Rudolph, I'm right until I'm die until I die. And they're like, well, how do you know you're right? I said, I'm still alive, so I'm right. You know? so this, is, this, is, this is my answer to them. I'm, I'm, when I'm dead, you can come to my Janazza and talk all kind of crap about me that I was wrong and I could have still been alive. But until that time, I'm right. And I'm right because I follow the program of the Messenger and the Honorable Mr. Louis Farrakhan, and I have improved all my conditions, my heart condition, everything, for following uh, every uh, everything until and I'm gonna be honest with you, brother Rudolph. I was trying to figure out how I got uh, COVID, and then I began to be, realize that I was taking Paximmune, but I missed a couple of days, and I was out in the public doing nature business, and that I believe that's how I contracted it. Because I went and also I went to do some family business. I represented my family at a funeral, and two days later after that funeral, I had COVID. So, family, you just don't know how you're gonna get it, where you're gonna get it, but understand the protocol my wife just gave to you, please, and listen to the archives. In case you couldn't write it all down, go back and listen to the archive of this show. Just go into Black Hole Radio, uh, go into, I'm sorry, Blog Talk Radio, forward slash Black Hole Radio, and they'll bring up all the shows that we have. Look for Disaster Awareness. It's going to be put DA, Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. It's going to be the initials, and put in, and look for the date. Today's date is What's today's date? July 22nd. 22nd. Yeah, 22nd. That's um, what I just said. <laughs> I just want to interject one thing before, um, before we go. Um, the supplement NAC, that one, I mean, if you look it up and research it, you see it's very, very effective against uh, fighting COVID. And that one also, and now because it's so effective, the FDA now is trying to block the production of that. So we had a, the hardest time we had was finding that one, NAC supplement, because we had to go to like several different stores trying to find right. it. Because and I went to one right. health store, and, 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 the, and the merchant in there told me, honestly, oh, you know what? They are blocking. We, don't, we can't even get it now. It's hard to get it now because the FDA now is blocking because it's so effective against COVID. So we wound up finding it through vitamin shop, and we got it there. So I would say anybody who, you know, wants to try to find it and interested in doing something that's natural and not dealing with the vaccines and boosting noise craziness out there, try vitamin shop first. If you can find one in your neighborhood, try them first. Because uh, it's just crazy how the FDA is trying to block something that's effective for, for, for the people. You know, it just really boggles the mind. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Hold on one second. Hold on one second. We need to take a pause for the cause. You are listening to Disaster Awareness for community preparedness on the Black Hole Radio Network. Okay, we're back. <laughs> also, family, I want to I want to say this to you. Also, um, when you are fighting COVID, you must stay hydrated. However, cold liquids are not good for you. So your water's got to be room temperature, uh, hot tea. Uh, this is a tea that I drank during COVID that Brother Rudolph gave to me. 20 years ago, maybe longer than that. I can't remember. Remember, Brother Woodall, we were doing our, <laughs> yes, um, sir. our um, yes, sir. certification for disaster preparedness uh, yes, with our sir. good sister, Sister Aurelia. And we were getting our uh, FEMA certification, and I came down with the flu. And I came into right. class because it cost us quite a bit of money to do this class, and there was no way I was going to miss it. But Woodall made a tea for me. He went outside, got some echinacea tea, got some ginger, ginger, uh, some garlic, ginger and some honey, yep. Yep. 
ginger root, garlic, honey, cayenne pepper, and mix this concoction. Well, you know, Brother Rudolph here from Brooklyn, I'm thinking he's about to work some roots on me, so I'm kind of nervous because <laughs> the tea was smoking. <laughs> but, however, that tea worked perfectly, and every day in my first five days of COVID, my wife gave me that tea. And one more thing, family, if you don't know how to make it, please learn how to make it. Go to uh, NOI.org and go for the recipe for bean soup. I have bean soup every day, twice a day, because even though the, the supplements are natural, you cannot take them on an empty stomach. So I have right. bean soup, the uh, antibiotic tea, that, that, uh, which consists of ginger, cayenne, onions, garlic, all fresh, and uh, echinacea tea bag, you strain that, the water on that, and you can use that concoction for about four or five glasses of tea. For every glass of tea that you drink, you should drink one glass of water. Because of the cayenne pepper in it, it will dehydrate you. And you do not want to be dehydrated while you're sick because that's going to throw you into crisis, especially if you're like me, you have preexisting conditions. So I'm sharing this story, which because first of all, Rudolph wanted me to talk, and I said, nah, but I'm kind of exhausted. But I'm not that exhausted that I can't tell you my experience and that it actually worked and that I followed it to the letter. In fact, this morning my wife talked to sister again because I woke up a little, a lot, very exhausted this morning. But I think it was the heat because we're in the middle of a heat wave in New York City. It might have been the heat, but I don't sleep with the air conditioner on my body because I don't want to get cold. So it's hot in New York City. I mean, it's hot. <laughs> it's hot. It's, it's Africa hot in New York City right now. So we, um, all those little things. I wish, and if anybody want to ask a question or talk to brother, or talk to my wife before she goes, you better hit the number one right now because she has to go and do some things because she's the one who nursed me through this process and took my temperature. Like I have an O2 reader. Um, that's because a good friend of mine. A lot of people, Michelle Mateer, gave it to me when I first got my heart condition. It reads my O2 levels. You just put your finger in it, and it does all the work. You need to check your O2 levels and your body temperature, your temperature twice a day to see where you're at if you're in crisis. If, because once your O2 level drops below 95, you need to be heading towards a hospital. Oh, I see somebody with, a, with their hand up. Hold on. 919. I'm taking over the hosting duties. Welcome to Disaster Awareness for Community Preventers. What can we do for you? How may we be of service to you? 919-961. I don't want to get your whole number. Are you there? Oh, my goodness. Salam alaikum. Wa alaikum. Okay. Greetings to all of you, and God bless you for sharing this information and Definitely blessings to disaster preparedness. Oh, I know who I'm, that is. <laughs> and sister, I, um, I'm not gonna call I, your name. I'm not gonna call your name. But sister, <laughs> good to hear your voice. Yeah, I sent it to and I'd like to be anonymous. So yeah, just so um, you people know, she's a teacher. She's a teacher. Beautiful. Yeah, so I'm, I'm yes, teach, yeah. Black history, oh, but I want to get into all of that now, but our school is no longer open. So we'll talk about that another time. Right. But um, thank you so much for uh, sharing your experience. Um, 
the question that I had, and you partially answered the question, good brother, you uh, said that you contracted it in New York. Yes. But can you tell us, you know, where you were and how long you were there and what your symptoms were when you realized that this is what had happened? Okay, so I'm going I'm to tell you a true story, and you might not think it's real, but it's real. One of my okay. mother's good friends died, who she grew up with in South Carolina, with next-door neighbors, and I knew, I knew this man. And they ran a prayer line together, and they used to pray for me because my heart stopped 39 times. So my mother wow. can't go because my mother's 82 with, a bad, with bad legs and things like that. So I went yeah. to speak on behalf of my mother. I yeah. went to the church. I got a mask on. Everybody's got a mask on. I'm beginning to sign the paper. I stopped coughing uncontrollably. So I said mm. to the sister behind the desk, I said, I think I just contracted COVID. She said, don't say that. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm just joking. I went upstairs to the bathroom, coughed some more, got, and, went, and then I spoke at the funeral, and I went to the graveyard. Mm-hmm. That was on mm-hmm. a, Tuesday. Uh, Friday, I went to Connecticut to visit one of the brothers, to have a conversation about the business that he has. And when I was on my way home, I was just, I was just feeling horrible. That's all. I got to the house, but and I said, honey, I am, you, you I'm sick. Horrible. Huh? Did you have a headache? Did you, was your energy low? When you say horrible. Energy? Okay, for me, I'm a high-energy kind of guy. You probably figured that out. I got a lot of energy. I do like 18,000 things at one time, but I couldn't mm-hmm. even think. I couldn't remember my sister's name. My wife had to tell mm-hmm. me my sister's name. I yeah. couldn't remember yeah. things. My, I, I, what they call brain fog. That was the number one thing yeah. that bothered me because I said, okay. And then, uh, so my wife immediately gave me the antibody tea. She gave me the tea and a bowl of bean soup. That's what we started uh-huh. at on that Friday evening when I came in at 7.30. I was still feeling horrible. Uh, about 3 o'clock in the morning, we had home COVID tests that my wife has for my job. She gave me a COVID mm-hmm. test. I tested positive. From that moment, right. we went into action. We called our brother captain here in New York City, brother captain Richard Muhammad. He called our sister MP, nurse practitioner. And from there, her and my wife began to uh, get into action. Uh, one of the yeah. brothers who, are, who wants to remain anonymous because he's not a, a pharmaceutical rep and he's not a doctor, yeah. he has yeah. the after the After the nurse practitioner said, this is the dose I want you to take for us, I said, fine. We called our brother up. He came, delivered it to my home, and, you know, mm-hmm. we paid him cash app. He, he, he hooked it on the door, knocked on the door. He walked away, and my wife opened the door and got the medicine. And that's where I began to start the protocol. Mm-hmm. But that's, yeah. I think, the thing for me is that immediately, from the moment I didn't start feeling well, I went into action. I didn't go into the nation's 100% protocol, but I did go into the protocol that me and Brother Rudolph and Brother uh, Yusuf talk about all the time, mm-hmm, and disaster mm-hmm. awareness, the antibody tea, the bean soup. Mm-hmm. The bean mm-hmm. soup is the highest form of food that you can eat because it has so much yeah. nutrients in it and protein in it, and it's yeah. liquefied, yeah. so you're not really hyper-activating your digestive system, which yeah. can be true uh, help with COVID yeah. because, if you've listened to the shows in the past, Brother Wolf has described a hundred times, COVID starts in the throat. It likes to rest in your throat first before it attacks the rest of your body. Now, there's one thing I didn't mention before, since before you asked this question. It immediately began to attack my heart. 
my heart rate was going out the roof. Huh. However, mm-hmm. I'm disciplined enough to know do not go to the hospital. Do not. Mm-hmm. I, had to, I had to tell myself, do not. No matter how bad it got, mm-hmm. I wasn't going to the mm-hmm. hospital unless my O2 level went underneath 95. That's the only time I would have went to the hospital, but thank God it never got below 96. So my O2 level, my heart rate, my O2 level was good, but my chest, my heart felt like somebody had stuck a knife in it. And that's because the Mm. COVID began to attack the weakest part of my body, which is my heart at this Mm. time. So, but it affects everybody differently because everybody has their own. Some people have kidney problems. Some people have liver problems. Some people have Mm -hmm. systematic problems that I don't know about that I couldn't, Brother Blue, I probably describe much better than I can. And that's how I felt in day one. From day one, that's how I felt. And from the moment that I felt that way when I came in my house, me and my wife went into action because the more you wait to respond to anything, the more it takes a hold of you. I hope I answered your question. You answered my question beautifully. And, again, um, as Brother Buddha said, I teach. And the word heart has the word hear and it has the word ear. Right. They yes, tuned in. They tuned in. You all take <laughs> care of each other and um and be well. Inshallah. Yes, Thank you. Calling from Raleigh, North Carolina via Brooklyn, Bed Stuy, St. Mark's Avenue. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> <Take care. laughs> Brooklyn I live in Raleigh now. I live in Raleigh, North in Carolina. <laughs> Brooklyn's in the house. <laughs> All right, take care and thank you. All right, we love you, sis. Love you more. <laughs> yes, you're listening to Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. Call in at five six three nine 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 three zero eight nine. Come on, let's talk, people. Let's talk, family. We got time. Let's get this out. All right, so here we talking to a brother. Here's a living testimony of someone who was contracted and was diagnosed with COVID and used the protocol that was available to him through the vicissitudes of the nation of Islam because God's man orchestrated it, because God's man implemented it, because God's man set it in motion. And he's talking to us now. Hey, listen, again, I'm not trying to sell anything to anybody. Brother Rudolph, we have another caller. Oh, no, they hung up. These are the facts. These are the facts. No, we have another caller, Brother Rudolph. Or let it alone. Let's bring them right in. Bring them in. Okay. 718-812-Salaam. I know who that is. That's the traveler man right there. Yes, yes. That's Brother Allah right there. Assalamu alaikum, brother. Good to hear your voice. All right, let me ask you this question first. What part of the planet are you calling from today? Oh, right now I'm in Stone Mountain, Georgia right now. Okay, all right, all right. So you're on the shores of uh, of the Americas, and you're down in 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 Georgia. Okay. All right. All right. Good. In Americas. All right. All right. Good. 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 All right. So for everybody that's listening, 
This brother professionally, this brother is an EMT. And this takes us into the next part of the show um, that I wanted to talk about. Um, what are you going to do when the 911 system fails you? You have a family emergency. Something is going on. You pick up your phone. You call 911. Either one or two things. Now, now I'm in Detroit, and here's the crazy thing here. You call 911, you, you're playing Russian roulette with your life because 50% of the time somebody may answer. The other 50% of the time you're going to get a recorded message telling you that no one can answer. Call back later. Now, that's the 911 emergency hotline telling you to call back later. So the question is, again, what are you going to do when the 911 system fails you? We talk about the health care shortage, and you're, Brother Forrest, you're in New York City, so that's a big metropolis right there. Um, and we know yes, that there's a nursing shortage in New York City. There's a nursing shortage all across the United States of America. So when you say a nursing shortage, what you're saying is that the people who are responsible to administer medication and to set regimens of healing and carry them out, for patients that those are the people that there's a shortage of let me go take it one step further if you have 10 nurses five of them are adequate i'm not even going to say average i'm going to say adequate meaning they're going to come in and they're going to do the job that they get paid to do they're not going to go above and beyond. They're not doing anything extra. They're going to do exactly what they are paid to do. Out of the other five, you're going to have one who is extremely, extremely uh, uh, um, caring and goes above and beyond. And then you're going to have one who is good in the sense that they care, and so there's compassion in what they're doing. But nine times out of ten, and I, I, I again, nurses that are listening, you may get upset with me, and that's okay. Call in and, and voice your concern about it. But just like with any other profession, then you have those who shouldn't even be in the profession. They're in the profession because they pass the test, and they have the license, but their heart is not in what they do. There's no compassion in what they do, and so they do a lousy job at doing their job. You feel worse after that nurse leaves you than you did before she got there. So what am I saying? So there's a nursing shortage. So if there was already a nursing shortage, then we, let's say we're at critical mass now with the, a, the nursing shortage because out of the ones that will come see you, they are so overwhelmed because of their patient-to-nurse ratio, they don't even have the time 
if they wanted to go above and beyond with you, there's just no time to do it. And then when you add into the fact they're human and they have lives and families and the family things that are weighing on them, when they come to work, you have to throw that into the pot. So now that's letting you know that once you get to the hospital, if you get there, you're not going to get the very best care that you should be receiving because the person to give you that care is just not there. Well, let's go. Let's take this now a step further. We, how did you get to the hospital or how are you planning on getting there? If you can't drive yourself and there's no one to drive you, naturally you think an ambulance. Okay, well, in order for the ambulance to do it, there has to be someone on the ambulance to drive. Well, there's such a critical shortage of EMTs and paramedics nationally that that's the second whammy in this healthcare scare that uh, I, I see I, what I'm doing for you is I'm painting the picture of a perfect storm. If you ever watched that movie, the perfect storm with them all on the fishing boat and everything that could possibly have gone wrong that day went wrong with the two uh, media, uh, with the two weather conditions colliding where they were that they could get no help. Well, this is where we are in the healthcare field. So you have a critical shortage of EMS workers. That's your pre-hospital people. When you call your 911 and there's no one to answer the phone there, and then if you, if you finally get to the hospital, there's such a shortage of nurses that you sit 10, 12, 14 hours in the emergency room because there's nowhere for you to go when you come through triage because patients are double lined up in the hallways because there's no one to go into the beds upstairs. Not so much that all the beds are filled upstairs, but there's no staff upstairs, so they patients upstairs. That's what's really going on. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Now, Allah, since I got you on the phone as an EMT, let's just go into yes, some sir. of the reasons why there's such a critical shortage of EMS workers, EMTs and paramedics. And I'm just going to jump right out there and say number one is the pay. Correct. One is the pay because unlike nurses and a lot of other things, uh, EMTs don't have the, the the lobbying power, so they don't get the money that they should be getting as as uh, emergency providers outside of the hospital. Family, let me throw this out there. What would you say if I told you that when you go to the fast food restaurant to get your fast food, whether it's a burger, a taco, a shake, or whatever, that that person that's ringing you up, taking your money, and giving you your food is making more than the person that's driving that ambulance to come get you or your mother when she gets sick. What would you yes, say sir. to them? That is an actual fact. Again, that family, is definitely we're actual fact, Brother Rudolph. Come on, call us at uh, 563-999-3089. Call us. Let's talk, family. You know why? Because your life does depend on it. It does depend on you getting this information. 
Well, Go ahead. The other, thing, Brother Rudolph, the other thing, Brother Rudolph, is that with as healthcare providers, and I'm talking about pre-hospital and in-hospital, you have to be in it mentally, physically, and spiritually. Because without that, you will burn out, and you will burn out quickly. One, if not all of them, and you can't be effective at your job or in your life if that happens. Yes, uh, another thing, another thing is, is that uh, we're, we're dealing with extreme weather conditions. With all these extreme weather conditions, you have as EMTs, we're out here in the cold, in the heat, in the in the rain, in the, whatever weather is out here. We're out here, and. And, 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 and it's extreme lately. We've been dealing with extreme cold in all regions. We've been dealing with extreme heat in all regions. We've and, been dealing with... And let me throw you in there, family, so you ahead, understand. Brother. Being mandated to work extra shifts that they're not scheduled for. So you come into work today, you know you got an 8 or a 10 or a 12-hour shift, and then all of a sudden, somewhere during your shift, you're told, well, when you get off, you can't go home. You, uh, uh, um, you have to stay. One, because there is no relief for you. But two, because the call volume is so high that the calls just keep coming in, you don't even get a chance. A lot. I know people are going to think I'm crazy when I say this, but would you explain to them how many times we have to reheat our food before we actually eat it, if we're going to eat it hot. If we can eat, brother. If we can eat. Right. right. I remember very clearly three-hour mandations, and, and you had to work that three hours. And that does not even count at the end of the three hours where you end up. So if you end up an hour away from your station, if you end up in an emergency room and you got to stand there holding a the wall because they don't have any staff, and you're waiting on a bed, and it takes two hours, you will be, you, that three hours turns to five hours. And, and, and so on and so forth. At, at your next shift, on time, now mind you, keep this in mind, the average EMT and paramedic, they don't just work one shift for one particular company or facility. They're working a double shift because they're leaving wherever, let's say, they're leaving uh, um, uh, DeKalb County, EMS, and they're going over to uh, um, a hospital and work another shift as an EMT or paramedic um, because they they work two jobs because they need the money. It's a profession that nobody goes into thinking that they're going to get rich. People go into it because we like the feeling of being there and trying to be able to help people. But first responders are a different breed. They're a strange type of individual. These are the people who are running into where everybody else is trying to run out of. And whether it's EMT, paramedic, firefighter, police officer, uh, what any of disaster those titles. Responder. Right, disaster responder, any of those titles, 
these are the people, their, their brains are wired a little differently than the average person. So what the average person would say, oh, man, I ain't dealing with that. That's crazy. That's where we feel most comfortable and at home. But still, people have to be able to be able to make an honest days, an honest living to support their family. So it's going to take legislation to be passed in order for EMS as a whole to be seen, viewed, and respected as the integral part of that 911 system that they are and get the money that is necessary to make them professionals within their own right that they're not out looking for another job to support them and they can focus and dedicate themselves to do what they're trained to do because here's something else you got to listen to family all right and emt goes through let's say about 168 classroom hours of training before they're put out there on that ambulance to come save your life or your mother's life now two schools of thought one you'll say what that's all and we put in their lives and our yes, yes you are. But it's a grueling hundred sixty eight hours. I'm talking about in the classroom, uh, stand up if you feel tired, we're going on, we're not stopping this lecture. No, we can't go over this again tomorrow because there's another topic that has to go over tomorrow. So if you miss two days of school, you're out of the program because there's no way for you to catch up because there's no time in the curriculum. You have to be dedicated to be there, put everything else on the back burner. So now you go through this 168 hours of classroom training. Then you go through this about 34 to 44 hours of skill training to perfect the skills that you need to do. Then you get out there and you ride as a third person on a crew for maybe, maybe three or four shifts before you're put out there on your own, generally with another person that was in your class, and they're out there answering these 911 calls. That's the way it is, family. Um, do we anybody anybody else out there want to talk about this? Come on, call in. Yes, sir. And then you can. And then it's a lot of then with people, also, brother Rudolph. It's a lot of demand on your body. The trucks are getting smaller. The people are getting bigger. It's a lot of yes, demand sir. on your body. Yes, sir. So with, when you start adding up the amount of money. The, the the distress that it causes you mentally, physically, and spiritually, and also the, the physical aspect of lifting and carrying people, driving these vehicles while you're tired, and also uh, 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 and also the weather conditions. When you add all that up, the diet. You know what? I'm my, the diet, the poor diet when you're on the truck because you got to eat where you are, not where you want. You're on the diet of caffeine sugar, and carbs to try and keep away, to keep up with the pace. Uh, first responders have the highest divorce rate uh, of any married people. They have the highest, well, I won't say the highest, but they're up there with the domestic violence rate, and they're definitely up there with the rage. 
with the road rage due to uh, or the burnout rate. Um, but we're way up there with suicide, also, brother. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Because the mental health support that should be there is not there. It's not there. But they expect us to keep going. And again, those of us that are really in it and have been in it more than five or so years, we're here because we love the work, we love the job, and that's why we're here. But it's a problem. There's a hole in the bucket, and the water is pouring out. And, and family, you just need to know. So, again, the question is, what are you going to do when the 911 system fails you? So if you don't know what to do, you, your family member, whoever it is you're calling for, is going to die right in front of you, and you're going to be powerless and have to watch them die because you didn't take the necessary time to learn what you needed to learn in order to help save your life and the lives of those that you say that you love. It's true. The life you save may be your own or someone very close to you. Personally speaking, I think that every member of the family definitely needs to know at least CPR and basic first aid from the children five years old and up to the, to the grandparents. Even if they can't walk, they have the knowledge. They can talk somebody through something. But everybody needs to know at least CPR and basic first aid. And then for the first first responders, those are the people who are on the scene first. Those are the people who, when the car runs into the pole, they run over to the car first and make the 911 call to let the the 911 system know that on the corner of this and that, there's a car into a pole and the guy, his head is through the steering wheel and the blood is gushing out of his head. That person, that first first responder needs to be an emergency medical responder to know how to recognize and correct life-threatening conditions until help arrives. Again, that's just my personal um, opinion, Allah. It's definitely definitely my opinion. We've already, we had a lot of history together where just Knowing who to call, when to call, where to call, and what to do has saved a lot of lives. A lot of lives. Before help comes, you you got to be the helper before the help comes. That's right, and that and that's 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 exactly what, where training and knowledge is power. Knowledge, is, you got to be the help. If you can't before the ambulance gets there or the fire truck gets there or whoever it is you call for gets there or before someone answers the phone and says, one, how can I help you? You have to be able to prevent the kill. You cannot. And just knowing what would allow you to not be squeamish when you see the bleeding or when you see vomiting or when you just knowing, oh, they, they told me about this. They told me that this may happen. I'm not saying you'll be seasoned and you'll be able to deal with it all, all the way but you will understand what you're looking at and why you're seeing it. 
So that's very important to know, and knowledge is the power in when you're talking about when you have to call 911 or when you get into the accident and your phone is dead or broken. Yep. You can't call anybody. So, so knowing what to do is just as important as making that phone call sometimes. And knowing who to call is just as important. Now, here on Disaster Brother Rudolph. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. If I remember correctly from my training, what's the number one killer of most people? Isn't it, isn't it shock? Well, I, I, let, 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 let me rephrase your question for you. Um, the reason, one of the biggest reasons that people die um, prematurely, let's put it that way, medically speaking, is shock syndrome. Yes, sir. Because your body goes into shock, and and there are phases of shock. There's compensating, decompensating, and then there's bye-bye. Um, you know, there's the point of no return. Um, so in the early phases of shock, compensating shock, your body is already working to try and compensate for the fact that it knows it's at, it's at a loss. But if, it, if you can't recognize it and there's no one else out there that can recognize you're in shock, then that is going to progress until the point where the body can no longer compensate and now you go into decompensating shock where body systems begin to shut down and that is the beginning of the end. Right. So what I, the reason I brought that point up, brother, because I was just reinforcing what brother Allah just said, brother, that knowledge can save your life because you won't panic. Panic is one of the causes of shock. Taking yeah. your body into deeper shock, and you you can save your own life by not panicking if you have some knowledge. And I, mean, I said that, brother. We have people listen to this show every week, and we thank them for listening every week. We're hoping they're spreading the word to their family members. Thank you, I'm brother. glad you're on here talking about it because, again, let's go back to a real-life scenario. Brother Forrest was sitting in my EMT class when he, ha- when he was having – he was a student. Let's put it that way. He was a student of mine in an EMT class. He was currently going through having a – heart attack, actively having a heart attack, and because he was so calm about it and did not panic, and of course, Allah, you know, uh, smiled on him and had mercy on him, he was able to, he was able to, he was able to get to a medical facility in time for them to treat him and saved his life. But had he panicked at that early onset when he was going through the signs and symptoms, it may be, it may have been a totally different outcome. Well, Rudolph, because tell the whole yes, story, sir. brother. I called you up, told you I had this funny feeling in my chest, and you called me a dumb 
I won't say the rest of the words that you call me. You said dummy. Right. I love you. Hey, go you're to the my brother. I drove myself to the hospital. Right, but you're my brother. I didn't wanna. I didn't wanna put all of your personal business out there. You know. <laughs> well, I'm just, admit, I'm just admitting, but I was in denial at first. You can either go yes, far, you have yes, a heart attack. No, but you must have a heart attack. You're having a heart attack, you dummy. Get up. That's the first part of it, though. Denial is the number one thing. Um, when the signs and symptoms um, present themselves, the patient automatically goes into a state of denial. And that denial delays the necessary care that they should be getting. And if there's no one else around to recognize what's going on and to urge them to seek that care, then it becomes a different story. And yes, this is sir. why it's so important that the entire family I mean, you go to the movies together. You go to a party together. You go to a barbecue together. You go uh, 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 put five on it together. Okay? Why won't you go and take a CPR and first aid class together so that you can learn how to save a life and prevent premature death? You know, it, it doesn't make sense. Except for the fact the question was never asked. So, you know, I'm just throwing that out there. Yes, sir. Think of all of these challenges on TikTok. Well, here, I'm putting a challenge out. I'm challenging people to to take a CPR class. If, If you haven't taken one in the last year since COVID, Take one, because stuff has changed. I'm just going to put it out there that way. If you haven't taken a first aid class since COVID, take one, because things have changed because of COVID and, of course, because of other things that have gone on. But there are new practices and protocols in the CPR and first aid uh, genres that you need to know about. Uh, Contact. All right, and, and here I'm going out on a limb, but I'm going to do this. Call the Red Cross. Call the local, your local fire department. If you live in an in a area where you have volunteer fire departments and volunteer ambulance corps, contact them and find out where you can get a CPR class. If you can't do any of that, then contact Brother Rudolph at Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness, and we'll set it up. I don't care where you live on this globe. I can reach you. Through the modern age of technology now, where the uh, COVID, uh, uh, um, um, the time through COVID changed the realities of everything, we can do a CPR class via Zoom. We can do a first aid class via a Zoom platform. It doesn't matter. It's just time, family. Let's get it done. Because the worst thing is when a member of your family goes into crisis and they die in front of you and you're 
helpless to do anything about it, then you remember this talk, but it's too late then. And that's something that you will have to live with for the rest of your life. Imagine holding your baby in your arm as they take their last breath. Imagine holding your grandparents or parents or your spouse in your arms as they take their last breath because you did not, not because you could not help them because you didn't have the resources. You didn't know what to do. Something totally different. See, when it's a beyond your scope to make it happen, that's something that the body and the mind can adjust to. But the fact that you did not know what to do, that one, it will never let you sleep again. And nobody yes, needs to go true. through that. That is true. And this, like you said earlier, there's nothing worse than to pick up the phone to call for help and there's no help available. Yes. When you're put, because you said in uh, in Detroit, they get a recording and the oh, child's here. They just put you on hold. They say, hold on. Or they'll say, hey, we don't have anybody available for 30, 40 minutes. That's estimated. At least they come on and tell you something where you are. So I'll give them that credit. And Brother Rudolph and Brother Allah, let's talk about cultural response. During like Hurricane uh, Katrina, we should have learned something. They responded to the more affluent communities. Huh? Hurricane Sandy, where where the uh, the nine one the the system was so overwhelmed due to the weather, technological difficulties and stuff that you couldn't even get through. I mean, brother, I'm talking about what about the fact that they they responded to the more affluent areas first before they got to what we what they call the ghetto. Oh, oh, we we don't even have to talk about a a, 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 a a natural disaster for that. Let your lights turn off. I guarantee you Manhattan will get their electricity back on before Brooklyn will, before the Bronx will. It, 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 it's a trickle-down effect, and they do it that way intentionally because that's where, that, that's where their targeted audiences or their targeted customers are. They, you won't get your electricity back on first. They will. And, it, and, and and certain communities will get theirs first, and then the lower the lower class communities or the lower economically class communities get it last. It's always been and still is. Right. That's so we we talking about we talking about cultural economical response. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, All day. If, if you know you are in that demographic, you should be learning something to save yourself. Here's what I'm going to say to that. Because this is disaster awareness for community preparedness. We're a solution-based program. We're not just a woe is me program. So here we go. How to call the 911 system if somebody answers. Of course, you pick up the phone and you dial 911. And you're ready to tell them what is going on wherever you are. If it is a medical emergency, you want to tell them, I have a medical emergency, and tell them the city that you're in. Because depending on where you are in the country, the system works a little differently. In New York City, everything goes to a central dispatch place. 
out here like Detroit, where I am, depending on which city you're in, every city has their own emergency dispatch um, uh, hub. So when you call 911, you tell them, I'm in the city of Livonia, they switch you to that city. There's no good talking to the dispatcher in Detroit if you live in Southfield, Livonia, Pontiac, or Saginaw. So you need to be able to tell them what city you're in and that you have a medical emergency. Now, the next thing is you you need to have a complete address where you are, meaning a building number, street name, and two cross streets that you live between because they're going to be using GPS to find you. So they need the coordinate point, coordinating points, because whoever's responding to you is probably not going to be your neighbor. It's going to be somebody coming from a neighboring town. You also you also need to be familiar, like if you travel highways a lot, what mile marker you're at or what mile markers are. Because a lot of people travel, they break down in the highway and they don't know where they're at. Oh, I'm on I-20. Okay, where on I-20 are you? Uh, uh, there's so-and-so exit, 42. All right. But there's, there may be exits in between or it may be uh, – uh, things in between, so you need to know what mile marker and what direction you're headed in so that we can find you. If you get into an accident, we need to know if you're going east or westbound. We need to know if you're at mile marker 7 or mile marker 9 or, or exit 4 going eastbound. You, you need to know that and be conscious of that when you travel because if you don't, it'll, it's just going to prolong your, prolong your process to get in help. Yes, sir. Brother, Brother Allah, we lost Brother Rudolph. But Brother Allah, let's just go through the basics real quick, brothers. Basic EMT training, you know, scene size up, um, not only knowing where you are and what's going on, but also knowing um, <clears throat> that the first you thing you do. Be... Go ahead, Brother. Yes, sir. You also want to know. Besides... Please record your message when you have finished recording. Go ahead, Brother. Are you there, Brother? Uh, you yeah, also I, I was trying know, to get Brother Rudolph You also want to know, oh, okay. Oh, you also want to know, you know, if, if once you make the, you're on the phone, you want to be able to identify what type of illness or injury the person has, all right? The person's unconscious or the person is bleeding. Where are they bleeding from? What, you know, you want to be able to describe it to the dispatcher so that she dispatches enough help. Oh, he's grabbing his chest. Oh, these things are important because, you just don't want help. You want the right help. It doesn't make any sense, you know, it, all right, an ambulance is great, but if they don't have the capabilities you need to deal with this type of patient, then you, you're, you're at a loss again. There's potential for you to be, to die. Also. Right. Brother, brother Allah, let, let's, let's go yes, back sir. to um, a couple of things real quick. You, this is say, I'm going to give you a scenario, and we'll walk through the scenario. Car accident. I come upon a car accident. The first thing I should do is what? You want to make sure that you're safe, the person that you come up on is safe, and anybody surrounding you is safe. Because you can, you can't help if you become a potential patient. If you if you yourself are in danger, you cannot help them. 
So you want to make sure that you're dealing with it from, from a safe vantage point. You also want to make sure that the person is safe. So if, if, if you're standing by the vehicle and the vehicle catches on fire, you got to think, is, is this safe enough for me to actually help this person? Am I going to be a potential patient or am I still going to remain a helper? Then also you want to be able to, like you said, add communication. You want to be communicating with somebody who has more equipment who can help you take care of the situation. So if you're going to get that person right, out so, of the vehicle, so, so, so the first thing I should do, brother, is call 911, correct? I'm, I'm, I'm yes, coming sir. up on a car accident. The first thing I want to do besides making sure that the, the scene is safe, I got to call 911. And given that information you said before, what mile marker I'm at, what exit I'm at, what direction I'm traveling in, because that's the first thing I need to do before I even go into action. I need to call 911, let them know where I'm at, what I see. Then the second thing, brother, I'm just going to add to it because I'm probably more fresh out of EMT school than you are. <laughs> you, you do it by reflex. I do it because I just read the book. Uh, the, the next thing I want to do, as you said, see size up, but I want to look at the person in the car. I want to check out the car and make sure it's not on fire because the last thing you want to do as, as a non-trained person is move somebody from a car because they may have a vertebrae injury that you may make worse by moving them out of the car the wrong way. So you got to take all these things into account. These are basic things that I think everybody, you can easily read up on them. You can get the book, read the book, and know some things before you. Because I, I, I was in a car accident scene way before I became an EMT on St. Nicholas Avenue in Manhattan. But I'm a Boy Scout. So I pull up to the accident and the a uh, car hit another car. The car that hit the the car that got hit is on fire, and the brother comes running out of the park with a bucket of water. I basically almost had to tackle him. I said, "Bro, you cannot put water on a gasoline fire. You have to put dirt on it." And of course, we got some dirt. We put the fire out, and we, you know, and then I, uh, we didn't move anybody in the car because one, the passenger that got hit the worst was an older lady. I believe she was dead at the scene. But I told him, I asked him not to move her because her neck wasn't, didn't seem right to me. And I didn't want to cause any further in, in, injury. So every seat, if the car was on fire, we couldn't put the fire out. You have no choice but remove that person from the fire if you can. Because burning up is worse than hurting somebody's back. Everything has a cause yes. and effect, correct? So I'm going, yes, go ahead, I'm going to let you tell. I'm going to try to get Brother Rudolph on again. Hold on a second, because keep going. Yes, sir. The other thing I was going to add on to the fire is that nowadays we, there are different types of fires. There's, there's A, B, C, there's also K fires. There's all different types of fires. And nowadays, even with car accidents, and you're dealing with fires, with these batteries that are in these vehicles, they can cause, they can cause fires that you can't put out with water and only with special chemicals. So you got to be conscious of what type of what type of fire you're dealing with. Very true. Very true. Very true. Walaikum salam. Oh, what's going on, brother? You're up. I see you. Yes, yeah. yeah, sir. I'm here. I took my my wife just walked in the door and I took her phone because um, uh, my phone was charging up. So this is me. Yes, sir. Yeah, brother, 
Brother Forrest and I were discussing the steps to pull and get in touch with 911 and getting in touch with uh, with uh, first responders in the event of an, an emergency. Okay, yeah, in the event of an emergency, yeah. Again, uh, we we definitely will go into the this, this, next Friday, if it be the will of Allah, and we're still alive, still here on the planet, and we're not totally annihilated because of some nuclear catastrophe, then we will go into a second part of what are you going to do when the 911 system fails you um, next week. Um, but, yeah, um, fire suppression, basic CPR, and basic first aid is something everyone needs to know. And so that's something that's an ongoing thing, and it's, it, it's a, a knowledge base that is needed to have, and we're going to do it on the show next week. I'm putting that out there right now. But right now, um, I have a few announcements yes, I have to make. I have to make uh, with the time that we have left. Um, so first, uh, Silent Crimes Network. Silent Crimes Network is an organization that is dedicated to dealing with uh, victims of trafficking. Their phone number is 214-225-5201. That's our sister Danielle down in Dallas, Texas, who is also from the BX, yeah, from the Bronx, but she's residing now in the Dallas, Texas. She runs the Silent Crimes Network. 214-225-5201. So if you know of someone who is in that uh, um, traffic, male or female, trafficking um, uh, um, arena, and they're looking for help, give them her information. Again, Brother Calvin, he came on beautifully, talked about national training, July 28th through the 31st, www.thevskjujitsu.com, or go on Facebook, Grandmaster Anthony Muhammad, and you can get the information about that. Uh, this weekend, in, if you're in the New York City area, especially in the borough or the Republic of Brooklyn, um, this will be the anniversary celebration of the Bedford Stuyvesant Volunteer Ambulance Corps. It will be Saturday kicking off at 11 a.m. Uh, now, of course, those that know the history or you don't know the history, that is the nation's only black-owned and operated volunteer ambulance or, or EMS service in the country. Started by the late Commander James Rocky Robinson, former captain of the FDNY Bureau of EMS, and now is being run by his son, my younger brother, Antoine Robinson, who is a paramedic for the FDNY now. And they will be commemorating the anniversary um, tomorrow. 
at 11 a.m. Started at 11 a.m. Okay? All right? If you are in the Detroit, Michigan area, then what I want to tell you is that on tomorrow morning, from not well from nine to five, nine a.m. to five p.m., there will be a um, a workshop going on at the DoubleTree Hotel in Dearborn. The DoubleTree Hotel in Dearborn, Southfield Freeway. Okay, how to overcome inflation. The My Econ Network will be hosting Learn How to Increase Your Cash Flow in 30 Days. I'm sorry, not 9 a.m., 10 a.m. 10 a.m. to 12 p.m., 12 p.m. to 2 p.m., 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. That's, again, Saturday, July 23rd, 2022. The Double Tree Hotel in Dearborn. Learn how to increase your cash flow your, uh, with whatever it is you have. Learn the system, learn the tricks—well, not tricks, but the techniques and the system that you need to put in place. All right. Um, wherever my co-host is, Brother Yusuf, we're praying that you and your family are doing well and Allah is blessing you with health, wealth, and a sound mind. And we pray that you uh, will be back with us next week. Uh, Again, Brother Forrest, thank you for uh, your information today. Thank you to all that have called in today. And uh, we're going to leave you as we came before you in the green words of peace and paradise, we want you to know that a life is a terrible thing to waste. And the, the life you save may be your own. Get the training now while you have the time. Because when disaster strikes, there's no time for talking, there's no time for training, and there'll be no time to make any calls to anybody because those brains will be bunkered down. Assalamualaikum.
Oh 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.